beware. Just Chills is a symphony of fear designed to send chills down your spine. It is not for the faint of heart. I'm Tasha, and in this episode, I read No Name November. Turn down the lights and let the nightmare begin. Sorry, new kid, but you're last in today, so you're a candidate this year. The kid in front of our classroom door, relaying this to me, looked a mixture of pitied and relieved. His nose taped over and a black eye, immediate standout features. I was later told his name was Frank, and the damage was a result of a fight with a kid in the grade above us. He didn't make eye contact with me directly, instead drawing his attention to my shirt, a Legend of Zelda fan art piece adorning the center. Man, this sucks. We could have been friends. The slight hurt in his voice was not even remotely close to how shut out I was already feeling. First day in a new school, desperate for a fresh start, and doing my best to make a good impression. Totally out the window. This doesn't seem fair, I protested, knowing this may just be an elaborate prank on the new girl. I wasn't about to deal with being a joke on day one. Let me introduce myself. My name is Zoe Hartwell. He shook his head. Some of his friends seated in the class behind him, leaning forward, genuine shock rippling across their faces as if I'd bitten the head off a small animal. No, this isn't how it works, new kid. This isn't just a class thing. It's a community thing. He looked back hesitantly, and the class nodded, no semblance of glee or cruelty on their face. I dare say for a bunch of 12-year-olds, they were downright forlorn at the prospect. He sighed and continued. Our town has this every November, and the rules are simple. The last one into a community function is no name for the month. He leans in and speaks quietly. Just bear with it, and we'll be friends afterward, okay? I'm sorry, I really am. With that, he took his seat, and I shuffled into the room a sea of completely apathetic faces staring straight ahead. I'd made an effort to look my best self in spite of a new environment, hoping it would make a good first impression. But instead of being invited to speak by the teacher, the room fell silent until I sat down at the back, next to a fogged-over window and a small supply cupboard. I was in disbelief the teacher joined in on it, not glancing in my direction or checking her register to see if I was present. Even after the bell rang and we went to recess or lunch, I was a non-entity. People didn't walk through me or shove me out of the way, but they didn't go out of their way to assist me if I fell over or give me alternative food when I brought up that my file says I have a deathly allergy to peanuts. Every fiber of me wanted to cry, to scream that I was desperate to be acknowledged and that I wouldn't hurt anyone. But I choked back the emotions piling up in my throat, 
slung my bag over my shoulder and resolved to just read or play some video games on my recess if this was how it was going to be. Different school, different traditions, same crap. My parents had jobs in the journalism industry and moving around for promotions or alternative contracts was their forte. By the time I was nearly 13, I had moved to five different schools and become accustomed to the changes. Most kids become jaded and tried not to make connections with others, knowing they'd just be gone in a year or less anyway. But I had this innate desire to connect with people and make the most of my situation. I couldn't help myself. That's what made this so much harder. I probably would have caved in after day two if Phil hadn't shown up. It was the beginning of what already felt like a lifelong routine. I sat down at my desk and began to let my mind wander, focusing on what I'd enjoy playing when I got home, making some comfort food and joining my mom at the gym after so I didn't feel so gross. I idly doodled a sketch of me holding the master sword high, a bolt of lightning striking at the hilt and electrifying me in a comical fashion. Hey, that's awesome, dude. What's your favorite game in the series? I'd say mine's the newest one. My mom got it for me last Christmas, but I haven't had a chance to play in a while. The jubilant voice cut through the air as if a firecracker had been let off by my ear, his positivity irradiating through me and borderline making me jump out of my seat with excitement and confusion. Startled at the notion of someone talking to me, I snapped my pencil and the entire room froze. The boys at the front next to Frankie turned to him and whispered, the slightest of side glances in my direction, and they shook their heads at the both of us before turning back. I turned to look at him and saw a mess of spiky black hair, a dusty red flannel shirt with sleeves underneath, the sweatshirt logo, a Dark Souls reference. He looked like a kid completely out of time but very comfortable in himself. He smiled at me and seemed to be waiting for my reply, but for that brief moment, words had failed me. Um, Twilight Princess, I stammered, my hands fumbling over one another. I, I really like the dark plot, and Minna is so cool. I was confused, but the joy of conversation overtook me, and I decided that if I was going to be ignored for tradition's sake, I may as well get it over with now. I'm Zoe, by the way. Zoe Hartwell. But instead of being repulsed, his eyes lit up. He beamed at me, offering out a hand adorned with various faded concert tags and festival markers. I'm Phil Faulty. Good to meet you, man. He gave me a fist bump before leaning back on his chair, the hinges squeaking as he put the rubber of his pencil to his lips, tapping it contemplatively as he studied me. The lesson around us seemed to continue without any notice of our discussion. You're the new no-name, aren't you? He said after a few moments. My face sagged, and I felt the inevitable rejection imminently approaching. Yeah, I guess you don't want to be friends now, huh? I said, my body language matching my face as I hunched over my work, preparing to just draw silently for the rest of the day, a friendship dead on arrival. To my surprise, he leaned forward with a satisfying thump and turned toward me, still smiling. Nah, I was the no-name last year. I know how it goes. He declared almost matter-of-factly, the positivity refusing to leave his voice once. But 
Frank and his friends said that it is tradition, I replied, nudging my head toward him as he took notes from the class. He didn't seem like a nasty kid so much as just one caught up doing what was asked of him. Phil made an audible acknowledgement before turning back to me. Well, he's not wrong. This is tradition. But, well, I always wished I had a friend throughout it, and I guess I just want to do it for you, you know? I immediately felt more comfortable around him, and the more he spoke, the bolder I felt. Won't they cast you out again, permanently, or beat you up? He laughed, shaking his head. Nah, nothing like that. But even if there were punishments, it wouldn't matter. I'm not really all that acknowledged around here lately anyway, so no harm done. He patted my shoulder before the bell rang and the class shuffled out for lunch. I saw a chance to bond and decided I had nothing to lose. Phil. I brought lunch from home since the stuff here I'm allergic to. Want to split it and play some Animal Crossing? He smiled so sincerely, nodding silently as I grabbed my stuff before heading for the door. What happens if you eat the food here? Does your head swell up and burst? He asked imitating the sound of a popping balloon with blood chunks spraying everywhere. I laughed for the first time since I got to this town. Nah, nothing like that. I just choke and die without an EpiPen. Come on, let's go. I'll even let you visit my town if you promise not to dig holes in the garden, I said, teasing him with a jovial grin. I wouldn't dream of it. There's never anything good to find in secret holes anyway, he dryly replies before shoving me and laughing at his own terrible joke. The next two weeks were a comparable bliss to those first few days, when the rest of the class refused to acknowledge me, and even some store attendants around town would only take my money and nothing more. I felt it to be tolerable with Phil by my side. He'd show me around the school and tell me all the best hiding spots, sharing legends I was 99% certain he made up to impress me, but I didn't care. He made me feel like I mattered, and it was something I steadily realized very few people had done in my life to that point. I took it to heart and made a point to ask my parents and my older brother in college about their days, spend more time with them and learn things I'd never thought to ask before. As we reached the end of the month, I decided to make him a drawing of the two of us hanging out in a treehouse filled with treasures and weapons. Some days before, he'd confessed Adventure Time was one of his favorite shows to me, and how much he missed it since he didn't get cable anymore. As the final days of No Name November were in sight, I was determined to show my gratitude to him and remind him we were best friends after this was over too, even if that meant he was stuck with me. I made my way down the hall. I was running late thanks to a doctor's appointment, and the silence was as unsettling as the details you often ignored when your mind was occupied by conversations, drama, and the walk to your next lesson. Now, I was conscious of the echo my footsteps made, the tributes to someone on the walls across the lockers, flowers and spikes covering one person's locker further down the hall from my room. I decided I'd take a look later on, and maybe Phil could shed some light on what happened. I came in to the sound of utter silence, the entire group already deep in reading time, and the teacher herself perusing what looked like an Edgar Allan Poe novel. 
I sheepishly made my way to the back where Phil sat, his back against the supply closet, and anxiety painted across his face. Dude, what's wrong? Did the girl you like look in your direction? Dork, I said, playfully punching him and smiling. Something he did not reciprocate. In the years following this, I've never seen such a paradoxical expression. He was anxious, miserable, and accepting all at once, as if each face was jostling for the spotlight on his face, and he was powerless to control which one came out. He flashed me a smile before Grimace replaced it, his knee twitching incessantly. Zoe, I'm leaving today. I'm being transferred. He looked so ashamed of himself, but didn't break his eye contact with me. I knew from the moment we spoke that I'd be leaving at the end of the month, but I wanted so, so badly to stay with you and be friends that I just... His eyes welled up and he sniffed, wiping them with his sleeve. I'm sorry, I was being selfish. I just didn't want you to think I'd abandon you when everyone else is still ignoring you. I didn't know how to respond. I wanted to yell at him for keeping it from me, to slap him even. But I knew how important this last day was, and I took in a deep breath before flexing my fingers on the table in front of me, grabbing my textbook, and putting the drawing I made on his desk. The tension in his body ceased as he held it up and stared at it. For a moment I couldn't see his face, but I could hear him whimpering. He held it to his chest and with his eyes closed, simply said, Thank you, Zoe. We spent the final day making terrible jokes at each other's expense, making plans to stay in touch that we knew we would never truly keep, and sharing a hug that lasted a little bit too long, his arm draped over my shoulders as we sat in the hall and waited out the last few minutes before the final period. I meant to ask, I saw something in the halls, and it looked like there was a kind of tribute in one of the lockers. What's that all about? I asked, knowing I'd probably forget if the school really did start talking to me soon after. Oh, that. That's my locker, he said, matter-of-factly, twirling his spikes with his free hand. They heard I was leaving, and I guess they wanted to give me a good send-off. Pretty sweet, right? I've come a long way from the kid in the crawl space. He laughed heartily, and I chuckled. Not sure what he meant and assuming it was an embarrassing time in his life, not wishing to pry. The bell rang, and we made our way to the door. Everyone else had already shuffled in as we lingered outside, preferring to go in once the class had settled. If you don't mind, Zoe, I'm going to dip here, he said, the positivity now with an air of reluctance. I'm not big on goodbyes, and I don't want the class to sing me out. Don't need anyone seeing me in tears as their last memory. I felt my heart sink, but I nodded and wrapped my arms around him. You will always be my best friend, Phil. No matter what else happens, okay? I said through muffled sobs. He chuckled. I know. You too. And hey, if you ever need to be reminded of me, you can just go to my hiding spot. You'll always be able to think of me that way. He took me by the shoulders and wiped the tears away, kissing my forehead. I felt a surge of butterflies as he smiled at me. Check the crawl space. You'll know what you're looking for. You've got a bright future ahead of you, Zoe. Just make sure you're never here studying alone, okay? You never know what kind of weirdos will try their luck, and you're too cool to end up with one of them. He flashed me a grin before backing off and running down the hallway, 
turning the corner and disappearing from my life once and for all. I took a few moments to recompose myself before going back into the class to the sound of thunderous applause and smiles. Every student that I would have once described as a grey shell of apathy was now all full of their own vibrant colours. Freckles and curly hair jutted out at me, accents and body types I was oblivious to before, now suddenly immediately obvious. At the front, the teacher and Frank stood with smiles on their faces, Frank outstretching a hand that I took on autopilot. Congrats, Zoe. You made it to the end of No Name November, and you didn't crack once. You're officially a member of the community now. He leaned in closer. And I'm honestly so sorry about this. I really did do want to be your friend, you know. I hope I can make it up to you. I looked at them with such confusion, happy but utterly bewildered by the display they'd put on. This is... this is great, and I'm glad we can all talk now. But isn't this for Phil? The room's atmosphere changed in an instant. Some students looked at me with terror, while others looked away. One girl began to tremble as her friend held her. Frank went pale and looked at me with a look I couldn't immediately place. Zoe, where did you hear that name? I half laughed, the prank obviously still not over. Dude, his locker's adorned outside and he told me himself he was leaving. I assume that's what all this was for? I waved my arms around the room, laughing. The room felt so cold as the teacher stood up, shaking as she approached me, kneeling down to my level and speaking in a voice with an ungodly amount of severity. Zoe, this is really important. Where did you hear all this? I felt immediately on edge. I was obviously old enough to know something was wrong, and I wasn't the type to lie. If Phil is in trouble for skipping, I don't want to be the one to get him into crap before he starts his new school, I began. Her eyes widened as she motioned to me to go outside with Frank, instructing the rest of the class to stay in there as we spoke outside. I could see Frank shaking, holding back tears as the teacher tried to calm him. Zoe, that locker isn't for Phil leaving. He went missing a year ago. Frank's voice was trembling and his composure was rapidly failing him. He's, he's my brother. I don't know what happened to him, but if you know anything, anything at all, Zoe, please. I never heard the register being called out in class, so I never noticed the last name. My knees felt weak. I never looked at the posters adorning the locker rooms that said missing since 2010. My stomach turned over and every emotion turned into bile. I never inspected the locker that was covered in tributes from classmates and teachers. My vision began to blur as I leaned against the locker and began breathing heavily. The teacher tried to keep me calm as Frank looked on, confused but distraught. Supply closet. Crawl space. I breathed over and over as I felt my body give out and the sounds of rushing filled my ears before a series of frantic bangs, screams, and alarms rang out to black. Phil had gone missing during his own nomination of No Name November. He'd been silently working away for the first couple of weeks, walking home with his little brother Frank every day, while their mom was working a double shift to pay the bills. One day, he simply didn't meet Frank to walk home, and it took Frank nearly 12 hours to report his brother missing 
due to his mother's second job working nights at the bar. I was cleared very quickly of any suspicion since I had only come into the state a month prior and I wasn't mentally able to deal with the conversation of Phil not being real. They chalked it up to hearing from someone else at school and launched an investigation. This, of course, yielded nothing. Phil had been stuffed into a crawl space behind the supply closet in the class. They still didn't know how he got there or if someone put him there. Rumors spread that he'd simply fallen asleep and gotten stuck. I wanted so badly to believe them, and so did everyone else. But the look of abject horror on his mummified face, half-caved-in skull, and tear marks on his trademark flannel betrayed that theory entirely. I moved schools again soon after and went a few miles south to an all-girls school. Socializing became something I struggled massively at, but Frankie helped with that. Understanding one another's grief brought us close, and inevitably we ended up together. Now looking at starting a family of our own in this town that still carries on the tradition of No Name November. I think about fate full a lot, how someone who was forgotten by the town at the age of 13 was able to successfully vanish overnight. I think about how powerful a name and an identity can be to someone in a world where it's so easy to slip under the cracks through your own volition or someone else's. And as I look over at a sea of unmarked graves in my town, I think about how lucky I am to have had someone like Phil guiding me to ensure I survived my own No Name November, to ensure I wasn't forgotten too.